This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is, <laughs> does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. You know what I love about the Blood Origins family is they bring unique individuals to the table. And Ken Yang, today's podcast guest, is no different. You see, Ken used to be an anti-hunter. He's from Laos. His family's from Laos. And the slaughtering of pigs and cattle as a young boy caused him to not enjoy the sight of an animal being killed, which translated to him being an anti-hunter. But as soon as he got a bird dog, he realized that that bird dog's purpose in life was to hunt. And through him, he needed to become the hunter so that the bird dog could fulfill its purpose. That's why Ken went from being an anti-hunter to a hunter. And today he's trying to mentor new hunters, even though he's a new hunter himself. A fascinating conversation. I hope you enjoy it. All right. So we have mutual friends in common that introduced yeah. us. 
Yep. Uh, Tori Loomis. Yep. How do you know Tori? Uh, off Clubhouse. Yeah. So she, every time she says, like, Robbie, you need to come on to Clubhouse. You need to come on to Club, Clubhouse. And I'm like, Tori, I don't have time. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I work all day. She'll text me, like, in the middle of a work day and say, you need to get on Clubhouse right now. Yeah. I'm like, Tori, I'm at work. <laughs> like, there's no way I can jump on Clubhouse right now. But I, I really like the concept of Clubhouse. Yeah. Um, I like it, too. It was, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, I met a lot of great people on there. So, so you're a chef? No, I am just a regular, your regular person, a uh, hunter. So I just started hunting uh, four, four years ago, adult onset hunter, you could call it. So, yeah, but so you, you, so you, you started, how old are you, uh, Ken? Uh, so I'm 31. Okay. So you, t- so I started when I was 27. Yeah. Yeah. That's about the same time I started hunting. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, I was 27, but I have obviously a steeped heritage of hunting in my blood. My grandfather mm-hmm. hunted all over the world. My my father was a camp boy in the heyday of Africa, uh, but I never got to hunt. I got raised in a town of, or a town, a city of eight and a half million people. Okay. And all of the sort of experiences that my father, my grandfather had in Mozambique and South Africa and elsewhere was essentially gone. Oh, okay. Um, either raped through civil war and uh, pillaged for the pot or for illegal purposes or just yeah. wasn't available because we were growing up in a very much urban lifestyle than a hunting lifestyle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you never, what made you want to start? Okay. Yeah, I guess we all got kind of a save. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The reason I wanted to start hunting was because I was in Mississippi and I was around people that hunted and, I was like, I've heard, I know what hunting is. I've, I've read all the stories. I have the trophies on the wall, as you can see behind me. Those are my grandfather's trophies. Nice. And um, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And became a redneck hunter overnight. <laughs> and uh, that was that, man. And yeah. five, you know, six years later, seven years later, was really struggling with like, how was I going to, I had two boys. I was struggling to understand like, how was I going to interpret this this idea of hunting into them mm-hmm. and answer the questions of like, daddy, why are you, why are you killing this animal? Mm-hmm. And really thinking through that, like philosophical thing that is like, why we actually go and hunt. Yeah. You know, a lot of people will be, um, you know, they'll be a little abrasive and they'll say, oh, because I like to kill things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, I don't think that's true because right. if it was, You'd go volunteer at the local abattoir. Right, right. Kill as much shit as you want. Right. Yeah, there's a bigger... But you hunt. That has an element of fair chase, an element of, of, of you know, the definition of hunting is to chase and to gather and to seek. Yeah. And there's a chance of... There's a, there's a, um, there's a chance of failure built into hunting. There's, it's nothing yeah. certain in hunting. Yep. So it can't really be all about the kill then, can it? No, I can't. <laughs> so why did you start hunting? Um, I started hunting because of my hunting dog. So I grew up around hunting. My dad, is, he's from Laos. He's hunted his whole life. Coming to the U.S., he had to learn how to hunt again with regulations, right? And he's been hunting ever since I can remember. But Dad is still alive? Yep, dad's still alive. He's still hunting to this day with me. Awesome. So. Yep. But yeah, he picked up a hunting dog and 
or like a second hunting dog. And I was like, well, let me, let me take the dog. And then after that, it was just the rest is history. So, well, let me, um, I, I always do this. I am very poor at introducing people because <laughs> we just get into, uh, you know, we just get into the conversation right away, which I like because, um, yeah. It, it gauges people right away. So, uh, Ken, go ahead and introduce yourself, please. Yeah. So, um, my name's King. Um, I am from Minnesota. Adult onset hunter started hunting four years ago. Um, I started a web, my own website, Minnesota-Hunter.com, to teach people how to hunt. Basically, mentor people um, for free, right? Somebody who only started hunting four years ago has decided to mentor to build a website to mentor new hunters? Yep, that's right. <laughs> Why? Um, just because when I was, so before I started hunting, I was very anti-hunting. I was very immersed in nature, but I was anti-hunting. And so um, when I had that realization that, you know, hunting connects is the bigger, you know, it's a bigger part of the web of life, right? And so, Finding out that connection when I started hunting, I want people to realize that as well. Mm -hmm. And so showing them that, you know, we're not all, the community isn't as exclusive as it is, as it can be shown to be or whatnot. And that, you know, you, you can get a lot out of it. Spiritually, mentally, physically, right? Yeah. So I want to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. You were an anti-hunter. Yep. <laughs> you so you you physically had a repulsion to hunting you you made a stance against hunting mm -hmm. yeah so like i grew up around um my dad's still very traditional my family is and so they would like slaughter pigs or cows and bring me along and you know just that that visual side of that kind of um traumatized me a little you could say Okay. Also, uh, I, I grew up around like the Disney era where Bambi was the main character and, you know, stuff like, you know, um, external influences that, you know, kind of sure. shaped me to say, you know, hunting, you don't need hunting. Why, why do we need it? Right. We have the grocery stores and stuff like that. As well. So, um, and I also, again, I was really in, immersed in nature where I could sit outside for hours and watch birds, you know, um, pick out birds and, just be at one with nature. And that's where I thought that connection was like, that's as far as you can get. Right. Just like being outside, you know? So watching. why was the, why was the, I can understand obviously the trauma, you know, yeah. watching a pig getting slaughtered or a cow getting slaughtered. How did that translate to hunting though? Like, why were you anti the hunting? So, uh, yeah, like I said, again, um, I always like to just sit outside and watch birds. And so hunting was like, uh, the, uh, the opposite of that from what i saw where they were taking it away so the beauty of nature they were taking it away right killing so when you said you saw i'm i'm packing this because it's going to be germane to why you're a hunter today yeah what what do you mean what did you see what did i see bird watching or no 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 you you mentioned it's it's what i saw like that's why i wasn't anti-hunter the things that i saw oh yeah it's just like everything um, growing up that I saw, like, you know, from loving nature and then seeing hunters taking that away, right? Just that first visual that like, you see people holding pictures of dead animals or shooting like a beautiful duck out of the sky. Um, you know, like that is visually like it, it just takes away from what I really like to do, which was bird watching. You know, so that's why, you know, it made me kind of 
which I was anti-hunting back then, you know, it's like they're taking it away versus giving it back, right? Okay. Yeah. So you got the bird dog. Yep. <laughs> so that doesn't mean you have to become a hunter, though. No. So I like animals very much. <laughs> and so, you know, when I have a dog, I'm like, I want her to have the best life, you know, um, be, um, or I guess you could say live for what her, her purpose is, right? And which was to okay. be hunting. And so I was like, okay, well, let me look into the breed line. Like, she's a German wire hair pointer. So okay. searching where they came from, how are they developed, what kind of game they like, you know, what kind of game they hunt, and realizing that, you know, I know, like, she's uh, a deeper family member to me than, you know, nature, right? And so putting her needs in front of that and figuring out that, hey, you know, it's like a, I can get justify her having to hunt because in the wild, <laughs> she would be out hunting and eating, right? So sure, that's sure. kind of, I'd be like, okay, well, if we kill a pheasant, that's kind of like her feeding herself. <laughs> so, so, but the dog, so y- y- you took the mindset that the dog needed to kill the pheasant or you needed to kill the pheasant? That the dog needed to. <laughs> okay. And okay. then, yeah, and then for me, you know, because I am the hunter, I'm like, okay, pheasant, I just look at it as chicken, right? I had to tell myself, like, hey, I'm just eating another chicken. It's just a wild chicken. Um, don't look so at it So when you as... were an anti-hunter leading up to this, you weren't vegan. You would no. eat meat still. I would eat meat, yes. And how did you, did you, did you not have an internal justification struggle with that? Uh, no, I didn't have an in- internal okay. struggle with that. <laughs> I like meat. So It's just, you know, like we're, we see the meat in the grocery store, but we don't see the animal getting killed right, behind it, right? But of course. Um, you know, when we killed, or when we had slaughtered a pig or a cow, that's kind of the, the times where I'd be iffy on eating it just because I saw, you know, like the pig being killed. And then, you know, I'd be like, ah, maybe I don't want to eat that dish today because, you know, I just saw the animal was alive two hours ago. Yeah, yeah. So you've got the bird dog. You're thinking, okay, I need to go. I need to be the hunter for the dog, right? This yes. is mm-hmm. it's more for the dog than for me. Yep. Uh, I'm going to have to do it. Did you, I guess this is where sort of spurns this idea of, you know, being a little bit more inclusive to people. Mm -hmm. Did you just decide, okay, you know, did you borrow your dad's shotgun and say, dad, I'm, I'm, I'm going out in the field and I'm going to shoot something. And he was like, who are you, son? (laughs) No, he's, he's always wanted me to go out since I was little. And so I think he's like, inside, he's probably like, heck yeah. He, now he wants to go out. Right. And so, 100%. 100%. Yeah, 100%. So I'm like, Dad, uh, I'm going to go hunting with my dog, with you. And then he's like, okay, um, you need to do this, this, and this. And we had a whole bunch of arguments, right? Because I'm seeing TV influencers, and they have all these nice gear, and they're doing this and that. But he's like, you don't need none of that. All you need is a really good shotgun and clothes from Walmart or, like, cheap clothes and get in the field with your dog. You don't, And I was like, but you know, like this is not what I'm seeing in this industry, right? And so mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, no, you don't need a, you don't need all that. The, the reason to go out there is to, you know, it, it costs a lot of money already to go out there. So any way you can cut costs um, to bring home meat is is the main purpose, right? The reason why you're really going out there. So yeah, yeah. Sounds like your dad's a super wise individual. I don't know. Sometimes I think he's, I mean, sometimes I think he's really wise. And sometimes I, when I doubt him, he always proves me wrong for some reason. Like, 
look it's it's funny man you know as as a son i'm a son obviously to my dad uh, Unfortunately, yeah. he's no longer with us but you, you know i'm a dad now and i have mm -hmm. two boys and they're gonna look at me the same way i looked at my dad you know they're yeah. gonna say what is this old timer man he has no idea right no idea what he's saying but yeah in fact they do know a little bit they do yeah they do know it's just it's crazy it's so do you remember the first thing you killed do you remember that thing the, the yeah. thing, the pheasant, or whatever it was? I don't remember the moment, but I, I do remember I did kill a pheasant. It wasn't an opener, I know that. Um, but it was during later in that season, um, in the winter, on my first season. So, um, But it was like, oh my gosh, finally. Like, I just felt a sense of, yes, like I did it. You know what I mean? Like, me and my dog did it. So, Dog went and retrieved it. Yep. Yep. So, it was like... A, it was a big moment, like, you know, just a sense of, like, we, we, I set my mind to it. I did it with my dog, or, you know, I tried the hunting with my dog, and we finished it. And, you know, it's something that, you know, we're going to keep doing because it was, it was so much fun. The whole journey itself was fun. So I want to pivot to perceptions mm -hmm. because you had a perception of hunting Yep, as an anti-hunter. You became a hunter. Yep. And now have sort of evolved internally to what you do, why you do it. Yep. So what so that's what I was trying to tease out of you before. Like what 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 were those external pressures that caused you to be an anti-hunter? And now that you're a hunter, mm -hmm. how do you ensure that those external pressures aren't causing the next king? to become an anti-hunter <laughs> i think those external pressures are still very probably even more um pre prevalent or more noticeable today right um right we have so much going on where they're desensitizing things and they're not letting um you know not even just that but then kids coming up and seeing a dead animal they're just they don't understand right we have those ipad babies where they're not even in touch with being outside, right? And so it's definitely hard um, trying to take that away for the next person. Uh, but that's what I'm trying to do, right? And so I'm trying to tell, show people that um, it is a bigger, bigger like world out there than it really like than what you really see. If as long as you're willing to be vulnerable and take take a leap. <laughs> I don't know. So, so how do you show that, Ken? How, what are you doing to show that? Yeah, I think um, just showing uh, what I'm going through and my struggles and being vulnerable to them as well, right? What, I, what you see on TV sometimes isn't really what reality. And so what I'm trying to do is prove that, you know, yeah, I'll mess up, you know, or I make mistakes. Um, but also that, you know, you, you can do it. Um, costly and it is it's a part of you being human right when you're born you you're naturally born to hunt and gather you know and so making sure people know that through my through my website or through my content just showing them that you know getting back to that will make you a better person and more happy do you think that we have created in the hunting community for the people becoming hunters like you said like you had mm -hmm. this you approached your dad and you're like, hey, I'm going to hunt, but I'm going to need X, Y, and Z. And your dad looked at you like, you're crazy. You don't need mm -hmm. any of that. Do you think that we have created a 
a realm of a realm of perfection. I think so. In the hunting community, that isn't reality. Yeah, I th- I think we've created a realm of perfection, and also too, it's not just the community, but being a society in itself. People are used to quick wins or quick um, grat- quick gratification, and so that mixed in with our community being um, showing that you know you have to make a kill or you know it's all about um, doing this this and this to get to get uh, an animal right that both of those influences like um, are making it tough on people to want to try I feel like um, like let's just say you know when I when I first started duck hunting um, it was pretty pretty tough to get in you know people duck hunt, I mean duck hunting itself is hard but in the duck hunting community they're pretty like lips sealed about where they're hunting, how they're out hunting, but you know, there's there's those big influencers out there where they're showing you tips and tricks and giving you advice, but no one's really telling people how to do it from like start to finish. I I would say, right? They tell you what to how to set up your decoys or how to set up your blind, but they're not telling you exactly like where do you where do you park, right? How early do you get there? Uh, what are you looking for? Um, in terms of when you're scouting or when you're sitting in the blind waiting for the ducks, you know, it's just small stuff that you can't really teach, I'd say, but, you know, you'd have to be there with someone, but I'm trying to put that out in a digital space where I try to connect that, you could say. But you're not asking, let me make sure that we're not, we're not um, setting you up here. You're not asking for someone to show you, hey, this is the place you need to hunt because there's ducks here. Right. I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to say, I mean, I have it also. Not, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. The, the, there's people that, you know, will call you out, Kane, and say, that's the, that's the part of the journey. That's part of the hunt, right? That you, you figure it out, that you've got to do the, you've got to do the legs. You've got to do the work to find the spots, but you're not saying that. You're not saying, Hey, give me where you, where you hunt. Right. I'm going to go there and I'm going to kill ducks. Right. I'm not saying, yeah, I don't, I'm not saying give me your, your spot or give me your honey hole. I'm saying teach me, like, where do I need to go in the morning and how do I, how do I even scout? Like, um, if I have a boat, where do I set up a decoys on a certain part, right? Um, just like the small stuff, like checking the depth, right? Like if I'm going out and I don't have a boat or canoe, how do I hunt on water, right? Or how do I not hunt on water? It's the simple stuff. And so, um, you can't really learn that unless you have a mentor, right? I was lucky. My dad, he doesn't duck hunt, but he pheasant hunts and he, he's taught me how to, you know, the basics of hunting, how to be comfortable out there, knowing that you're on public land and, you know, you have the right to be out there just as much as anybody else. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It was very, yeah, it was very, um, confusing at first you could say, and without someone to teach you. Yeah. I can absolutely see that, you know, I, yeah. luckily I had, you know, friends that, you know, would take me and show me and yeah. Um, but I can see that. I can see how just it's. I guess it's very difficult for someone who you know, if you've grown up hunting, your family hunts. Mm-hmm. It's almost again hunting is in your blood, kind of thing. And isn't it? It is in everyone's blood. But there's also this idea that they've been around it for so long. It's just almost like second nature, right? And then someone who's coming brand new to it. Mm-hmm. There's things that you take for granted. Exactly what you say. Like when I pull up to 
you know, public boat launch. Right. Like, is there, uh, you know, do I park my boat here? Do I park my car over here? Where do I yeah. go when I go off the, what am I looking for? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I want well, to be I, successful, but I also right. don't know anything. Right, exactly. Like, just honey in Minnesota itself, um, where's the lines to public and what's not, right? Yeah, they mark it on maps and stuff like that, but how can you tell just being out there? How can you explain it to somebody, right? Um, when's a good time to drive? When's a good time to go hunting versus not because of the weather? Um, stuff like that. So, so what do we change, Ken? How do we? What are you doing? What what? I'm, I, what I'm doing is just trying to create a platform where I can express that through a digital space, right? And hopefully be able to mentor new hunters and provide a inclusive space for anti-hunters and just for adult onset hunters as well, right? You know, when I started hunting, a lot of the forums were like, oh, where do you hunt? And, you know, everybody's like, live seal. But, you know, like, there's there's those community holes or community spots that everybody knows of that, you know, you can give the guy, right? Instead of just giving them the short answer saying, oh, put your boots on the ground, you know? <laughs> but I think um, the community in itself, we should be more opened to um, helping others, right? Like, Give, going a little taking the extra step to help the newer people um and that's just what i'm trying to do it's just trying to be out there to help people if they have questions um and give them that the right advice the first time um and again like you know it's funny i agree with you i think that we should all be a little bit more open and we should all try and mm -hmm. help and but i'll play devil's advocate for a second that yeah there's you know a lot of people have done a lot of work to find these these hunting places um they they do as we've just said they do have the experience they do have the ability mm -hmm. to have the friends and the family behind them the experience and you can i can almost understand why they're they're tight-lipped to hey i don't want to give too much information out here mm -hmm. um but at the same time you know i'll, I'll use let me use let me use um you might have listened to Matt Ronella's podcast with us and you heard the whole controversy about Matt Ronella, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Matt was one of those that was like, I'm not going to give you my public spaces to mm -hmm. hunt. Mm -hmm. But he also in the same breath said, if you want to come hunting with me, I'll take you. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that happened. I think that will, I think that's probably more common than you think. Yeah. That someone would say, I'm not going to tell you where to hunt. Mm -hmm. But I think but if, yeah. if you ask them, if you just stepped out there, and I'll, I'll use it, uh, an old adage that my dad, since we've talked about our dads a lot already. Yeah. My dad gave me a very good piece of advice. He said this. He said, son, if you don't ask for what you want, mm -hmm. you're never going to get it. Yeah. And the worst thing that someone can tell you is no. Yep. So, I, you know, I think yeah. also, I think the, you know, being inclusive obviously requires someone to say, yes, come. Right. But also on the other side of the coin, the person who wants to learn, feel free to ask, man, you know, ask, hey, right. would you mind if you're going hunting tomorrow, do you, do you mind me jumping along with you? Mm -hmm. You know, you may have to reassure them that I'm not going to like GPS the point where I'm going <laughs> <laughs> But um, I just want to learn, 
I just, I have no idea. Like I have no idea what I'm doing and I want to learn. And I may, I think, I think people would be surprised by how much, how much response you get from a tactic like that. Yeah. I think there's a big shift going, you know, where people are saying, you know, want to be more inclusive, but from what I've seen is, you know, like I want people to have that experience where they're successful on their own the first time too, you know, and being there as a, or as a digital mentor, providing that space for them to show them that they can do it on their own and they don't have to rely on somebody. Right. Um, that's kind of the goal where I'm going towards, but yeah, I agree with you. Like if you don't step up and ask, then you'll, you'll never know. Right. Like you said, the worst, the worst they can say is no. Right. And, they say no, they go to someone else. Um, and that's true. So if you, you know, any listeners trying to want to hunt, uh, yeah, just ask. That's the best way. That's the quickest way, really, is to really find a, an actual mentor. So for those that are, are listening to us, the three people that listen to this podcast, by the way, we've got a th- three listeners. We've got a huge audience. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm joking. It's doing pretty well, actually. Um, yeah. What would be, do you have a central piece of advice to someone that is like, shit, I don't know if I want to hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested in hunting. Is there a central piece of thing that you're like, you know, this is what I would suggest? Yeah, I would say if you're questioning hunting. Um, so, yeah, if you're questioning hunting uh, and you're like questioning if you want to hunt or not, I'd say do it because it will connect you back to so many like emotions and um different different opportunities or different viewpoints on things right so with me when i started hunting i was like okay yeah i'm no longer an anti-hunter right but also it's brought me back to my to my monk community even more now right understanding where the food that you know well the kind of food we make is the recipes we have is because of what we what we do with the game we have right and so Stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, this second part, like, how do you, like, get started? Again, like, yeah, just ask a mentor or ask someone. Do you think you have a deeper appreciation? You started this whole thing by saying, I was an anti-hunter because I loved nature. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have a deeper appreciation now that you're a hunter? Oh, yeah. So much deeper. Um, Why do you have a deeper appreciation? (laughs) So first, like, you know, the community, you think that they're just taking away killing animals, but really, you know, the sales of guns and animals goes back to conservation. Duck stamp, when you're waterfall hunting, goes back to conservation. Um, groups of people that I, I'm always passionate about the outdoors. These are people who are really passionate about the outdoors and are in the hunting community, right? And so I can relate with them so much better than the anti-hunting group <laughs> um, and wanting to conserve nature. Um, and also, if you love nature, but you've never hunted, you don't really know nature until you've killed something in nature, right? Because that's kind of a life, like, like a life and death part, right? And so when you see that, um, that part of it, it gives you more wisdom, I guess you could say. Also, like, like uh, uh, going back to bird watching, I used to like watching ducks, and I thought I knew ducks. But when I started duck hunting, I was like, okay, I did not, I do not know ducks. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so when you're hunting a species, you just learn about the animal so much, um, and you're really putting yourself in that animal's 
um, shoes to to learn it, right? And so that way you can have a successful hunt. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, you go from the way that I like to couch it is you go from being an observer of nature, like mm -hmm. you just expressed. You you like to go out and watch birds. Yeah. You're observing nature. Yep. To now you are a participant in nature. You are part of her. You're part of yes. Mother Earth, Gaia herself. Yep. And you understand her cycle. You understand her heartbeat. You understand that yes. there's life and death and there's a cycle to it, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. That is the difference. That's yes. the connection that, that that hunting brings you. Yes. It's communicating that. <laughs> You're the person you used to be, that is the challenge. Yes, that is the challenge. It is it is hard. I mean, until you're the person until you you're anti hunting still and until you get out there and shoot a gun and you know, kill an animal that you're not gonna know it. Um and it's not just the moment of killing the animal, like you said, but it's just being out there and immerse like immerse immersing yourself into nature. So Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two, I'm glad that you are, you know, pushing the envelope in terms of trying to bring new hunters into the fold. And, and, and I think someone like you is the best person to do it because you, it, you were there four years ago and dare I say, you're still there today. Yeah. And so you're almost like in the cycle with that individual who wants to learn to hunt more. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm so glad that Tori and Ricky decided, said to me, hey, you need to connect with this guy and uh, get him on a podcast. And I said, no, absolutely. Anybody that was an anti-hunter who is now a hunter, I yeah. want to speak with. So thank <laughs> no, yeah, you, my th friend. Yeah, no, thank you for having me on and providing me a space to, to talk about, you know, trying to change people's minds into hopefully someone hears this and they're like, all right, I'm going to try hunting. You know, so exactly. Yeah, exactly right. Thank you, brother. Yep. Thank you, Robbie. Appreciate it. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening. As always, leave a review, share it with your friends. And most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.